Hey everyone, welcome back to Living Beyond Sunday, the podcast where we talk about the everyday Christian life. My name is Jonathan Sams, and I'm back here with Pastor Mike. Quick start before we get into it. Uh, if you haven't already, like, follow, subscribe. Subscribe on YouTube, Image ATL, our YouTube channel. These are now on YouTube if you're watching. Thank you for watching. Uh, for those of you listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, it helps us out a lot if you leave us a rating and you hit that follow button on either of those platforms. So um, hopefully you can do that and it helps us out a lot. It helps us make more content like this and we really appreciate it. Hey, there is an incentive too for uh, jumping on YouTube. We, there uh, is. we have a giveaway. Um, giveaway today, we did uh, the advertisement for it last or two weeks ago. So we do these podcasts every two weeks. And uh, so we have the actual drawing that's going to be happening today. We're going to do it at the end of this podcast, but I'm going to go ahead and reveal what the prizes are. We have uh, Jen Wilkin and JT English book, You Are a Theologian, um, which is a really, really good book. In fact, we're walking through it at our institute yep. uh, now, which is great. Uh, but maybe the, the staple gift is a $50 gift card to Chick-fil-A. So um, for those of you that... Uh, love Chick-fil-A. Hopefully you do. $50 to go to, to Chick-fil-A. So big incentive to, to checking us out on YouTube. We're going to be doing some of these things more often, uh, some of these giveaways just to get you involved. We want this to be interactive, uh, which is one of the reasons we ask all the time if people have questions. What, where do they submit them? Yeah, Pastor Mike at ImageATL. Email us. We'd love to answer listener questions. Yep, that's awesome. Well, I'm excited about today's topic. I think it's coming from you are a theologian, right? That's right. And so we're like you mentioned, we're going through that in our institute, and it, it starts with who is God. Uh, and in our institute, we talked about the Trinity. And I asked the question to people in our institute class, um, which person of the Trinity do you feel most acquainted with? And it's pretty crazy. 99% said either the God, the Father, or God, the Son. Only mm. one person said God, the Holy Spirit. And I think that brings up a, a pretty normal question, which is like, why is that? Like, why is only one person out of the or roughly 30 people we have in that class saying that I feel most acquainted with the Holy Spirit? What went wrong when Scripture says that Jesus said, um, it's better that I leave you so that the helper may come, that God, the Holy Spirit would come to his disciples. So why do you, I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. And then we could expand on that moving forward. Yeah. I mean, I think, uh, man, you know, Francis Chan kind of coined the phrase forgotten God and, uh, it's kind of, you know, tongue in cheek, but it's like, there is a reality of, I think so many people grow up with little to no understanding of the Holy Spirit. And I think part of it is, is they've not been taught it growing up. They haven't been, you know, uh, nothing through scripture has been brought to them. They haven't really known how to interact. One of the things I've told our people a lot is I feel like the Holy Spirit's like the serpentine belt in your car. You know, you need it, but you're not really sure what it does. And I think because of people's kind of paralysis of analysis, they don't know. So they just kind of like abdicate themselves from trying to learn or, you know, interact with. And, uh, so I think it's really sad too, because there's a, a massive element of this that, um, we, we've got to understand and that is very much uh, vital to our salvation, too. So, and I know we'll get more into that, but I think that's one of the reasons is people just just not familiar with it. Yeah, I'd love to talk about, like you said, kind of the role of the Holy Spirit in the um, salvation of a Christian, and then maybe the role in a daily life of a Christian. But just kind of going into that, um, it is interesting that, like, growing up, most mainline denominations, I made the point that you can kind of see an affinity one way or the other to each of the persons of the Trinity. Yeah. And for the person who raised their hand in our class, um, th their background was Pentecostal. Yeah. Well, kind of the only really mainline denomination you could point to that really holds up the spirit. Um, do you think that other denominations would be better off as well if they 
kind of look to emphasize the Holy Spirit more? Yeah, and I think part of that is some of the denominations don't do it because I think fear of what they see in other denominations, yeah. if that makes sense. And so I think there's some more like conservative theologically denominations that are afraid to kind of emphasize the Spirit because they think the byproduct of that is like chaos and craziness. Right. Not that that's what Pentecostals or Charismatics are, but I think that's the problem is there's this, this disposition that like, man, if we enter into that space, it's uncharted territory, and then everybody kind of, you know, feels like, well, the Spirit told me, which I think is also a, a, a thing that we need to talk about is like, how does the Spirit work in us? And sort of how do we have accountability or, or behind, was that the Spirit or was that just your stomach growling? You know, like, how do we know the difference between, yeah. like, how the discernment? Yeah, how do we, what does that look like? So, yeah, I think that's a really good point. Like, there's kind of this overall perception that the denom- Pentecostal denominations and charismatic denominations, that a lot of the interaction with the Holy Spirit is out of order, when I think for the majority of them, it's really not. Um, that's just kind of a, a perception of some of the bigger churches out there that maybe you see on social media. But yeah, let's talk about that. So the Holy Spirit, one of the big kind of things I said during the class that was really helpful for people was like people really understand what the role, like what God the Father does. They, they understand what God the Son came to do. They they kind of struggled with this idea of what, what the Holy Spirit does. And it really helped people when I said the, the Holy Spirit is the way in which the propitiation of our sins, Jesus's blood is applied to you. Right. Um do you think that's a helpful way to, to kind of view? Cause a lot of people kind of when asked kind of said the Holy Spirit's role is um, they were kind of abstract with it. Like, Oh, the Holy Spirit convicts us. The Holy Spirit helps us be more like Jesus. But, but it's helpful when people know, like, no, the Holy Spirit has a definitive role in applying Jesus's work to you. What do you think about that? Yeah. I mean, apart from the spirit, we don't receive the, the work of Jesus, the, the way that, I mean, you think of the word imputation or injected into there, there is a literal side of that, of the spirit, comes to those who believe in faith in the finished work of Jesus, and it's how the work of Jesus is imputed or injected into us. It's also how we're hidden in Christ. When it says, Jesus is at the right hand of the Father, Scripture's clear. So how can we be hidden in Christ, or how can we be one with Christ? What's through the power of the Holy Spirit? So yeah, absolutely. That's why it's such a big piece when it comes to our salvation, is understanding the beauty of the triune God is that each person of the Godhead uh, impacts our our salvation, right? And the Spirit's work is like a huge part of this thing because it's like that's how we receive everything that God's done for us. Yeah. And what about kind of on the more practical level? Because like you know, different denominations disagree about when you get the Spirit, or but set that aside. What for the daily life of a Christian, someone that has been saved that has the Spirit? I think we we'd all agree on if you are born again, you have the Spirit. What, how, how should our daily interactions look like when it comes to leaning into the Spirit as opposed to just a, a passive acknowledgement that He exists? Yeah, and I'll start with this. I think it's a really good question. Uh, part of it is, and this is where some uh, denominations or you know sects of Christianity do kind of go off the rails a little bit, is we, what we don't have to do is we don't have to um, conjure up the Spirit. We don't have to call in the Spirit um, we don't have to like hope that the Spirit comes. Like Scripture is clear that that when you believe in faith, you receive the power of the Holy Spirit. Paul says that. I mean, even in Acts chapter two, he's like, "Believe, repent, and believe. Receive the Spirit and be baptized." And so, you know, there there, there is a very clear you know layout in Scripture of when you believe, you receive the Spirit. And I know we different people believe at different times. That that's just what the Bible says, right? Um, which means that you have one hundred percent of the Spirit. And you don't have to conjure in the Spirit. You don't have to call out and, and hope that, you know, um, those kind of things. But I do think one of the things that we should do and, and is helpful to 
interact with the Spirit on is ask for a fresh and renewed sense of the Holy Spirit in us. So we're asking for an awareness of yeah. the fact that we have the power of God in us. I think our, you know, when it comes to this kind of war between flesh and spirit, it's like, man, we, we want to walk in the flesh and feel like we're isolated from God, we're, we're distant from God, or, um, you know, we don't have the power of God. And I think when we're praying and saying, God, would you give me a fresh and renewed sense of your Holy Spirit? Holy Spirit, would you give me a fresh and renewed sense of who you are? Um, it reminds us, we have the power of God in us. And so then when you're reminded of that, you begin to lean into that. And, and the way you lean into that is basically by consistent acknowledgement that you can't and that you have to see the Holy Spirit do that in you. So, for example, um, if there's a particular sin in your life that you're struggling with and you're like, man, I, I just can't overcome this. Um, the, the beauty of that is you're right, you can't. But through the power of the Holy Spirit, you can. And the way you walk in the Spirit is like, man, Holy Spirit, I, I can't overcome this. This is something that is that is beating me over and over and over again. Um, through your power, would you help me overcome this? Or, and I'm scared to go share the gospel with somebody. I don't have any confidence or courage. Holy Spirit, would you give me confidence and courage? And so that's when we start to lean into the power of the Spirit. And I think the danger is in the Christian life, we tend to try to do things on our own. And I think this is when we're not walking in the Spirit, if you will. Right. Of It's like, man, I'm going to walk in my flesh, and I'm going to choose to try to like, man, I'm going to try to muster up the confidence. I'm going to muster up the courage, or I'm going to try to you know, make sure I know the words to say, as opposed to being like, I literally can't do this. God, would you do this through me through the power of the Holy Spirit? I believe and have faith that the power of God's in me, and so I want to I want to walk in that, and I want to be sensitive to that, and I want to trust that God will do it. And and here's the the cool part is when you do that, the Spirit shows up. Yeah, yeah. It's so I like what you said, like a sensing or an awareness, as opposed to like trying to this like almost like pseudo New Age conjuring of the Spirit. Like no, like if you're if you are a Christian, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you fully. Right. Like there, it doesn't. It doesn't seem that the Bible ever implies that the Spirit could have, you know, half of you, or only be in you halfway. And no, like if if the God of the universe lives inside of you, he he lives inside of you. Yeah, one of the things I've heard, I don't want to claim it because it's a quote, but like. Uh, you you have a hundred percent of the spirit. The question is, does the spirit have a hundred percent of you? Yeah, flesh that out a little bit. And that's where I think the awareness piece comes in. Okay. So you know, if you have the fullness of God in you through the power of the Holy Spirit, um, and you have the maximum amount when you believe, like everything it means to be God, the Spirit is, and that's inside of you. I think the problem is when there's a gap in that. Um, there's places of our life that we've kind of held back from uh, the light of the gospel. There's places in our life that we're not trusting the Lord. Those are the places where I would say the Holy Spirit doesn't have you, if you will. And again, that could probably break down, but but it's the sense in which you're realizing, man, I have the fullness of God in me. The question is, am I surrendering every element of who I am to the fullness of God to for Him to work and move and, and interact in my life? Yeah, and I guess more on a practical level, because we try to be practical in this podcast, for us here in 2024 now, with a kind of Western sense of this post-enlightenment brain type thinking, is it different than what the disciples would have thought about? Like the, the you know, Greek culture and even Hebrew culture at the time would have been much more sensing and feeling um, more aware of kind of what you're talking about than maybe we are in a, in a more like, I need to see it to believe it world. What do you think about, like, how should we push back about push back against kind of that disposition that we have as Americans as Western culture while not going overboard and kind of over overly going in that direction yeah I mean I don't think the I know the gap is not in the power I think the gap is in the faith okay I think there was a greater sense of trust and awareness of the Holy Spirit in in a uh, in a way that's in in line with scripture 
And today, I just don't think we have that. To your point, how we started this thing, I think most people have no idea what the Spirit does. They have no idea how to walk in the Spirit. They don't understand, like, what, what do I do with that? Versus when you look at, um, you know, back in early Bible days, the New Testament church as it's forming, and, and yes, God was doing specific things through specific people in specific ways, then for a purpose. At the same time, the power has not minimized, but I do think the faith has. I think the more we can find ourselves being a people that are like, we're throwing ourselves in faith before God saying, God, do you want to do this? You know, I believe that you can do this. Um, the more I think we would see the power of God work in us, I think there's a hesitancy down deep. Even if we declare it with our voice, I think in our soul and our mind, there is a doubt in the power of the Holy Spirit. And I think that's part of uh, of the problem is we're not leaning in enough. And so I think very much the same power that um, man was active in the early church could be active in the church today. Um, I think there's a faith issue. And I think part of podcasts like this are helping us go, man, do we really have faith in the Holy Spirit? You know, with faith that, that Jesus did everything necessary to save us, like, and I think the gap is, so you believe that Jesus did everything to save you, why do you not have that same amount of belief in the power of the Spirit that His work accomplished for you? Yeah, that's good. Like, Christians are so quick to affirm that Jesus, the Spirit raised Jesus from the dead, but doubt the fact that this that same Spirit would work in the same way for them. Yeah, and it's like, I mean, Jesus talks about this over and over again, but He's like, i got to leave so the Counselor will come. This is, right. again, the beauty of the triune God and, and how each— um, person of the Godhead works through, you know, or works in salvation and, and the advancement of the gospel. Um, but he talks about that, you know, you actually do greater works than me. Right. And it's like, hold on a minute. Well, how, how is that possible? Yeah. And the beauty is, is that the power of the Spirit in the life of hundreds and thousands and potentially millions of Christians has the ability to do more than the person of Jesus walking around and, and doing things and because again, you see the, the 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 beauty of the power of the Spirit that it's the, the Spirit is just as much God as Jesus is or the Father is. And so when Jesus makes that statement, I think we need to let that land and go, wait a minute, we have the ability to be able to do some things that are pretty cool um, in for the sake of the advancement of the gospel. When Jesus sits here and says, You'll do greater works than me, I mean, I think we need to wrestle in that tension. Like what does that what does that mean? Yeah. What do you think is the cause I hear people on, you know, Twitter, I guess X now, who are on the side of um, more more hesitant to adopt that that mentality, um, and I think for many of the people who in the uh, institute class raised their hand and said, "I'm more familiar with God the Father, I'm more familiar with God the Son," they share in a lot of that hesitancy, or at least the the traditions they grew up in that emphasize the the two those two persons of the Trinity tend to have more hesitancy to what you're talking about. Do you think? what's a what's a way that we as like just everyday living Christians can can catch a balance between the two between not going too like too far one way but also trying to encourage the awareness that you're talking about yeah I think part of it is to understand kind of the chief purpose of the spirit yeah which is to conform you into the image of Christ and I think where we go off the rails is when we're like oh man there's some pretty cool things that we have access to through the power of the spirit and we want to go do those things for the purpose of just doing them or for the purpose of notoriety or fame or even miracles, whatever it is, if we want to leverage it for that purpose, I think that's where we go off the rails as opposed to seeing kind of uh, Romans eight twenty nine, which the, the purpose is that we be conformed to the image of, of Christ. I mean, you see it even in Ephesians 1, where we receive the Spirit as a down payment of our inheritance, but it's for the glory of God. And so, you know, 
we've got to remember that that is the purpose of the Spirit. And so, you know, I think where the, the challenge comes is when we start to want to manipulate the Spirit or we want to, you know, try to conjure up the Spirit or, or we want to call on the Spirit to do all these kind of things. And there's a movement now, this whole, like, um, declare and decree movement that is, you know, well, I'm going to declare it and I'm going to decree it. And it's like, we don't see that anywhere in Scripture. Yeah. And I think this is where we start to get out of balance versus going, okay, do I have the power of God in me? Yes. What is the purpose of the power of God in me? To conform me more to the image of Christ and to secure my salvation, to give me assurance, to give me a hope, you know, all that kind of stuff is there. And so as a Christian, I think understanding the, the primary purpose of the Holy Spirit is is huge to keep us from kind of going in either or direction. Another piece is that, you know, the purpose of the Spirit, or, or even us as we interact with the Spirit, um, we're not after emotional experiences. I think another way people go off the rails is they think that an interaction with the Spirit is an emotional experience. And I think we've got to be really careful with that. Um, I don't think we see a lot of emotional experiences in Scripture as defined as an encounter with the Holy Spirit. Um, I think we see some really clear interactions with the Spirit that that are, actually aren't emotional at all. They're very, like, matter of fact. So I think that's another place people go off the rails when they equate emotions to the Spirit. Because um, yeah. one of the things we know is that emotions make a terrible leader for us. You know, they, they're a terrible framework to make decisions. They're a terrible framework to view truth. So we've got to be mindful that we don't equate that. Now, when the Spirit moves... Could it lead to some emotions or overwhelming in you? Yeah, absolutely. But the primary driver or means of which you declare the spirit moved can't be viewed through the lens of our emotions. Yeah, that's good. So if you had someone sitting down in front of you and said, you know, I I want to be more aware of the spirit, what would be your recommendations as if you were their pastor? What would be your recommendations to that person of like, hey, you can like do these things to, to try to encourage yourself to be more aware of the Spirit. I think number one is read, read the Bible and see how much the Holy Spirit is referenced, uh, like straight up, Holy Spirit, Counselor, Helper, or even just the, the like I was in Ephesians 1, we're teaching that as a church, I'm teaching that as a church right now, um, and, and it talked about how, uh, it talked about the Father, the Son, and the blessings that come from that. And it's like, it would be easy just to read that and move on, but the blessings that come from that, we receive those through the power of the Holy Spirit. Right. So again, that's an inference of how the Spirit works, and then He's going to go on and flesh that out later in, in chapter 1. So I think read your Bible and look for specific references or inferences to the power of the Spirit. And then number two, I would say prayer is a huge one. I think that praying for a, an awareness or a fresh and renewed sense, one of the things just personally that I do every time before I preach, is I say, God, would you give me a fresh and renewed sense of your spirit? Would you heighten my awareness to who you are? And when I remember that apart from you, I can do nothing, but because of you in me, I can do everything. Yeah. And I have the ability to stand up here. And so for me, it's a, it's a, it's a reminder before I go preach. I'm like, man, you know, I'm not worthy to come preach. I'm not entitled to come preach. I'm not even capable of preaching. But because of the power of the Spirit inside of me, I am worthy, I am capable, I'm qualified, and I'm called. And so I do want to have an element of walking in the confidence of going, I'm going to prep, I'm going to pray, I'm going to be ready. But God, ultimately, you got to do the work. And so I think it's that surrendering to the work of the Spirit. And what I found is those are the moments when the Holy Spirit shows up. Same thing's been with, you know, sharing the gospel or in a precarious situation where you need wisdom. You know, Holy Spirit, would you give me wisdom in, in, in what this means? Is this honoring to you or, or not honoring to you? And, and I'll, just as an aside, one of the ways I think we, we kind of misappropriate that as well is, you know, oftentimes when we lean into the Spirit for things, um, we tend to lean into things that are not necessarily biblical. And I think that also What's sends us down What's an example of that? Yeah, so when you're sitting there and you're like, you know, um, uh, it's when you're asking for wisdom, right? Yeah. Um, Holy Spirit, give, give me wisdom. What job should I take, right? Um, 
I mean, I, I just think it's a tough question to ask because I don't, I don't think it's what jobs you take. I think it is, Holy Spirit, give me wisdom. Which job best honors God? Which career path allows me to best leverage my life? Would you give me counsel to that end? I think so often we ask very short-sighted questions or very like short questions in general, as opposed to building those out and saying, no, no, no. And, and what we do is unintentionally, we turn the spirit into kind of the genie in a bottle approach right. where it's like, I want this. Here I am, spirit. Get, you know, I'm only here to ask for something that I want. Yeah. Versus that, that again, that's not the role of the spirit. The role of the spirit is to conform you more to the image of Christ. And so I think if we could reframe how we're even thinking about asking some of those questions, it's it's really, really beneficial. That's good. So in kind of in summary there, um, uh, praying for a more renewed sense, reframing some of the ways we ask those questions and, and obviously reading our Bible and, and being plugged into a local church as well. Uh, I know you didn't mention that, but that's one that if you listen to this podcast for any amount of time, you know that that's, that's one of the things we recommend. I think that all of that is helpful, especially on a practical level, because I think a lot of times you see some mystifying of what it means to interact with the spirit. And so I, I appreciate you giving me those practical practical tips. And for whoever wins our giveaway here in just a second, um, this book will really help kind yeah. of reframe and, and give some good parameters around that. One other thing on that too, just you talked about uh, how people mystify their interaction. I, I think here's another piece that's really important with the spirit is, and man, I've seen this a lot in the church world. I got tons of stories from my dad who was in ministry of people, you know, randomly one off coming up and being like, man, the spirit told me that I need to do X. Yeah. And it's like, well, the spirit didn't tell me that. So you're not doing it. You know, like people like want to walk on stage. Like I got a word for the whole church. You know, I got to, I want to get behind the pole and it's like, whoa, hold on. And so I do think it's important to talk about how do we know when the spirit is speaking That's to good. us. And I think there are some really good guardrails that can help with that. Um, and I think when it's like, man, was this the spirit? I've walked through multiple scenarios with people just to make this really palatable who are like, man, I just really feel like God's calling me to X or God's calling me to Y. And um, when you're hearing that at face value, you're going, yeah, I just don't, I don't see that. And the reason why you can say, I just don't see that is because when the spirit leads you or when the spirit is speaking to you, it will always happen in one accord with three things, two other, two additional things, the people of God, the word of God and the spirit of God. So you'll feel the prompting of the spirit of God. You'll get clarity in the word of God and you'll get affirmation from the people of God. Those things are essential because, man, there are people all the time, they're like, man, I just feel like God's called me to this. And I'm like, you haven't read your Bible at all. Like what you're feeling called to is actually like antithetical to what scripture teaches, you know, or have you sought any counsel on that whatsoever? Well, no, I just, this is what God's calling me to do and I'm going to do it. That's just not what we see when we look at the church and we look at how God moves. Like, you know, now if you're talking about a prompting that like, I need to go share the gospel with this person, that's different. Um, that's a different scenario and a prompting of like, man, I really feel like I need to. But even that, but even that prompting is in line with what the people of God would say and what the spirit, like what right. the Bible would say. Right. Like the Bible would agree that you should go share the gospel, and you'd be hard pressed to find a Christian that's like, yeah, don't share the gospel. Right. Like, but but in that moment, you can't necessarily check all those boxes. Oh, I got you. I got you. You know you. what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, yeah. So that's where it's a little bit different. Those things would affirm it, no question. But it's these other things where it's like life decisions. Yeah. Or, and this has been a big one for us, like where we've walked through with people of these life decisions where like, man, this is what God's calling me to. And I'm just scratching my head going, how? Like yeah. that that's not, I don't want to be God or play God, but like that doesn't sound like the spirit at all because that's not in line with anything that scripture says. And man, I don't know any wise counsel that would come around you and affirm that in you. Yeah. I think, I think that's, it's hard because like as Americans, I think especially we want to kind of have our cake and eat it too in some ways. Like we want to make the decision and have be the decisive deciding factor of our life decisions. And then, 
you know, sometimes, and I, I've done this in the past, like I make a decision and it's like, Oh God, like that was the right decision. Right. As opposed right. to like, you know, no, like I'm kind of open handed and I'm going to ask for counsel. And if my counsel says no, I'm going to be okay with it. And I'm going to like the, the whole point of counsel is to trust what they're saying is best for you in a lot of ways. And yeah. And I mean, and there's, there's some things like there's daily decisions you make that you just, as a human, God has given you the freedom to make those decisions. I think the challenge is when people label specifically, God is calling me to X. Right. Or I am feeling called to Y. And you're like, man, those are just, that's just, that's a dangerous space to be in when you've done it in isolation apart from the Word of God, you know, yeah. apart from the people of God. That's the isolation piece. And that's where I think it gets really risky to where it's like you get the guy coming up going, I, you know, the Spirit told me I need to say a word to the entire church. And it's like, man, that, that that is not we don't we don't see that we nobody's affirmed that got the spirit also didn't confirm that in the person they're going to you know so i just think that people have got to be really careful in this when you're going to play that card you know that the spirit is leading me to x man i, I think it needs to check out with the word of god implicitly or explicitly and i think the people of god need to affirm it um, and that's kind of how you know that prompting. Otherwise, we, what do we end up doing? And, and our disposition is this: we operate off our feelings and we blame it on the spirit. Yeah. So we say, man, I, you know this is what I feel, but I'm like, man, I feel like God's calling me. And that's, we say, I feel like God's calling me. We feel like God's calling us. But the reality is like, man, how do you know? Yeah. You know, and I do think there's times you got to walk in faith. But again, I think that's going to be affirmed in the word of God and the people of God. Yeah, we got to, our interpretation of what the spirit may or may not be prompting us to has to be confirmed through the Bible and through the people of God for us to be able to discern whether it's just a feeling or that it actually is the spirit. I think, right. I think that's super helpful as we wrap up today's podcast and we, I mean, we could go on and on about the spirit, but as we continue this podcast, I'm sure we'll, we'll talk about it more, but I appreciate the practical tips you gave and we get um, tons of questions about the Holy spirit. We've, we've had questions about spiritual gifts. And so if that's you, once again, just a reminder before we draw for this giveaway is send us your questions, email those to us at uh, pastor Mike at image ATL.com and uh, send us those questions and we'd love to answer them. But and we did one on spiritual gifts, right? We did. We yep. did. We, yep. we had questions on that. Um, and so send us your questions. We'd, we'd love to be able to answer them, but without further ado, on to better things, on to better things. So um, as, as fate would have it, we have a Chick-fil-A bag for our drawing uh, to do it. And so I'm going to draw for the $50 gift card and the book, and we will contact you to get an address if we need to ship it. Um, and we will facilitate that through our YouTube channel. So make sure, especially for those of you that maybe you're seeing this for the first time, make sure you go subscribe to our YouTube channel because we're going to do all our giveaways through our YouTube channel where you ha have to leave a comment and like the video. And so be on the lookout. We're going to do more giveaways throughout this year. So just be on the lookout for that. So without further ado, no pressure. Here we go. And the winner is, and the winner is Patrick Dunn. Hey, Patrick all right. Dunn. Cool. An OG listener to the podcast. Yeah, congratulations. Congratulations, Patrick. We will contact you and give you this gift card and book and looking forward to you having that and enjoying it. So without that, with that being said, hopefully this has been helpful for you. Like I said, send us your questions, like subscribe, and we look forward to talking to y'all in another couple of weeks. And we'll talk to you next time. Pastor Mike. Have a great week. <laughs>